This is Everything's Messy Podcast. I'm Sarah. So I have a great guest today on this show. Her name is Tiffany Hernandez. She has such a great story, very messy, (laughs) which we love. Um, And before we get into that, I really, because this is the week of 9-11, very quickly, I want to give a shout out and a thank you to all of our military personnel all of our uh, law enforcement officers, all of our fire department men and women, paramedics, EMTs, um, and a very special body of people who I think get overlooked, and those are our 911 dispatchers. Having been one, I uh, think that they are a, a group that gets overlooked a lot when we think about first responders. When I think about the day of 9-11 and what happened and the calls that came in to Port Authority and NYPD and, you know, from the towers, from the plane, from the people on the street looking at the smoke of the Twin Towers, you know, from all over of what was going on, there was a body, a first point of contact for these people to talk to. And they handled themselves very calmly and professionally, as all of our 911 dispatchers do. But on that day, especially, they didn't get any, they couldn't see any closure. They had to continue to go from call to call to call to call to continue to send the help where it needed to go, remain calm. And I just don't think they get thanked enough. And having been one, my husband is one, and coming from a family of first responders, I would just like to take a moment and just recognize them along with all of the military and first responders. And I just, I want everyone to know how thankful I am. I'm grateful for where I live and the country that I live in. It always makes me sad when I reflect on 9-11, but I do appreciate all of the wonderful, wonderful first responder personnel. So I just wanted to take a moment and recognize them and also the military recognize them and the sacrifices that they have made. Very grateful to everyone. And it's just that week to reflect and be thankful. So getting into our interview today, her name is Tiffany Hernandez. She is a, just a realm of information and things that she has gone through and what a mess, right? And with everything's messy, I like to find people that have their own mess. She talks about um, her battle with mold toxicity and she's still kind of going through that. She talks about having her dream job and, you know, walking away from it. She talks about her faith and the challenges there and being obedient. And she talks about all of the things that help her get through when it is so messy. Um, I'm very happy to have her on. I hope you get something out of it. I know I did. She mentions a lot of the herbs that she takes. She mentions a lot of the enzymes that she took to detox from the mold toxicity. I will try and list all of the things that she has mentioned in the show notes. She also lists her ministries and what she does with that. I will try to get that into the show notes as well. And if you have any questions, um, please email me everythingsmessy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and X, which was Twitter at Everything's Messy. Um, Anything that you would like to know or find out. Uh, Just send it my way. I will also include her information as well if you have any questions for her. And without further ado, here is Tiffany Hernandez. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so so excited excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. So why don't you take us through, um, maybe start at, you know, getting that dream job and then kind of things that transpired from there. 
All right. Yes. So I went to school in interior design and I knew I wanted to do interior design from seventh grade onward. And I, I really, really was excited to, for getting out in the world and getting my career started first of all, was a hard part. Getting it started was really difficult because I had to jump around from job to job. I went to probably four different design jobs till I landed my actual dream career. And it was really hard to leave it because I loved this job. It was everything that I wanted. It was everything that I knew I could do. And I was aspiring to be that next level designer. I wanted to be the manager. I wanted to take on all of the roles and do all of the things. But I had a family. I had a six-month-old at home that grew up. And by the time I got my dream job, she was about two or three. Uh, I had my second son at that point, And I was expected to be super mommy. And I was also expected to be super career woman and super wife (laughs) and do all the things at home. It was, it was impossible to keep up everything. So, um, it was really hard to keep going. Right. So what, what ended up happening for you to have to walk away from it? So I got sick. Um, I had dealt with mold my whole life and never really thought about it. I had mold in my home when I was younger. I had mold in my apartment in college. I had mold in my apartment when we moved uh, back home from college to have my second son. It was very difficult and I didn't recognize it. I didn't know it was a thing until I got sick. And what happened was I started getting panic attacks really bad to the point where it would send me to the emergency room and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. My husband just thought I was overstressed. I'm sure stress had a portion of it, but really it was the mold. And it took me about two years or so to determine what was the, what was the cause. My mom even paid for me to go to a lifestyle center and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, which really made me very depressed because they basically told me that I was just depressed and that I needed to get over some of my childhood traumas or my experiences and trust God more, which is true. You know, we do need to put our trust in God. And I was praying so hard, trying to find an answer. I finally got home from that lifestyle center and I had to get blood work done. We didn't have health insurance. So all of this was out of pocket. Oh my goodness. And I had to get a certain blood work done because they had done my blood work at the lifestyle center, found out I had hypothyroidism going on and my, I was super anemic. I had lost a bunch of weight. And so I go to this functional doctor because they uh, were recommended to me by one of our church members. And within five minutes of being in that office and telling this lady my life story and all the different situations that I had been in, she could tell from the symptoms that I told her I was having and asked me if I maybe thought that I had mold. And I said, well, what is, what is that? What is mold toxicity? I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we got blood work done for inflammation markers and I had high inflammation for mold and we had to detox. So I did about three rounds of detox with- And what does uh, that entail? Is that just like stripping everything from your diet or are there certain like um, enzymes that you're taking? What does that entail? 
Yes. So I was on several different supplements, which like we've talked about, I don't get any royalties from anything, but I did take, I believe it was designed for life uh, supplements. There was a zeolite supplement that I took and I couldn't even take the, the dosage that was required for me to start detoxing. I was so toxic that I had to take a quarter of the recommended dosage. Oh my gosh. And it took me, I mean, I had head pain that was totally unexplainable and it would send me into these anxiety attacks. Um, I had rage and anger. I was all over the place. Yes, I was stressed. Um, Some other things happened in our marriage when we first got married. We lost my grandmother, his grandmother, his uncle, his grandfather. So we had a lot of deaths in the family that we were dealing with emotionally. Yes, it was it was very trying and challenging time. And I just had to stuff it because of the fact that I had a child and I had a second child and we were going through life, just trying to make ends meet and that all compounded. So I know that the mold was one thing. I know it was a multi-functional issue. Um, but with the mold detox, I had to take about three rounds of detox, which I don't remember all the details of, but between the zeolite, I also had to do some binders where it, it would bind the toxins and help to flush them out of the system. They wanted me to go on at that point in my life, I was not doing meat. So I was very much into the vegan lifestyle and we, my husband was wanting to go raw vegan. And I thought that was absolutely insane for him. He didn't stay on that, by the way. He just, (laughs) next week he's like, hey, can we get some chicken nuggets? (laughs) I'm over here actually trying to do the vegan thing and I lost a ton of weight. And I I do think that it helped for a short amount of time, but over the long run, I think it was not helpful for me. And I can talk more about that too. But with the diet that they wanted me to do at the functional medicine practice, they wanted me to have a quarter of my plate meat and the rest veggies. And I, I wasn't willing to do the meat. And they said, well, with what you have going on, And the mold that you have, you really should be minimizing all of these other food groups and really push the green leafy vegetables. And I am not the greatest at doing diets or at changing my, my meal plans. I was, you know, eating way too much sugar, which I still have some issues with, but it was very challenging and I was very stubborn. Now, now, as I look back on it, I wish I would have listened more and done the meat and the veggies, because uh, I think it would have really kickstarted me into even more detox and I could have healed faster. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I did my three rounds. I did my binders. I did my zeolite, which uh, grabs all those toxins and gets them out. And so what's and the time on- frame that we're looking at from when you um, start your first round to, and at what point do you like start feeling just a little bit better or that you might come out of it? Okay. So the time frame was several months. I had gone to the lifestyle center in February and I came home and we found out by like March, April, and I detoxed until about May. It was probably at least to the end of the summer, if not going into the fall, like okay. around September, October. Um, And I was finally starting to feel better. All the while this was happening, 
I had just quit my job from design the year before in December. So December I quit my job and then uh, I started homeschooling my kids all at the same time, had no idea what I was doing, had a fairy tale idea about the homeschool and I was still trying to figure out what was wrong with my health. We also moved from a, a larger house into a smaller house because we knew we wanted to move out to the country. I mean, these were like compounding things. Wow. So. Yeah, definitely <laughs> compounded stress. I, de- I definitely can relate to that. So at what what was maybe one of the first things you noticed that you were like, oh, I don't have that pain anymore. Oh, I feel better. Or what, like, what was one of the first things? Definitely the head pain and the clarity that I, I used to get these really bad brain fog. I still have it somewhere. I can't find the words that I want to say. And that still happens. It's not as often as it was, but the, and when you say head pain, is that like a constant migraine feeling that you're having or just like you'd been hit in the side of the head? Like what, what kind of pain? It was more in the lobes, the, the back lobes of my brain. It wasn't really up front where you would have a migraine. It's more to the side and it was just pressure. It's very hard to explain to the doctors. I had a very hard time telling them it wasn't like a sharp pain. Although I do get sharp pain now on the sides of my head. When I go into a moldy or musty space, it's very much, it hits me very hard. Um, but I was having very unexplainably weird pain in the sides of my head. And I started noticing that that was going away. I wasn't getting it as often. And, and my head was clearer. I mean, when I was doing the zeolite, I will tell you, it was very draining. I could feel it pulling and working and I was very exhausting. What, Um, um, and I'm sure you don't know everything, but is it like, is there charcoal in the zeolite? Like what is it grabbing onto to get it out? So zeolite was actually a liquid. It was a, almost like a tincture that you would take um, and it was drops and you would take a certain amount of drops. The binders that I took, they were, I think, charcoal and apple fiber. There were several different things in it, um, but they worked synergistically together. So the zeolite would pull it out of the cell and then the binder and filler would actually grab hold of it and pull it out. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So it was a two-step process. Yes. And so you're, I'm sure you're still very sensitive to mold. Do you still have to take those things now? How long ago was this? This was back in- 20, 2019 is okay. when I did all the detoxing and I spent way too much money on trying to find doctors to help. Um, I am now learning that there is a lot more to my illness than just the physical part of it. There is an emotional side of things and a mental side of things as well. It's a mindset. So I tend to be a hypochondriac, which my husband was just touting all of my issues up to my hypochondriac Mm. self, which some of it, yes, but a lot of it, no, I really did experience these things. And I have been very sensitive my whole entire life. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I would say that having head pain of any kind is not, that's not normal. That's not, not something you should just be told you have to suck it up and deal with for sure. Yes. Um, so was it, do you know the point of contract with the mold? Was that in your house? Was it the area that you were in? What, what was the, um, the point of contact with it? Yes. So I lived in a house when I was younger for 17 years of my life, we lived in this house and there was actually a, 
a shed that we added on, but it was not air conditioned. It was where the laundry room was and there was mold in that building. And I remember thinking or seeing it, you know, oh, what is that? But at that young age, you don't know what it is. And mold wasn't a big thing back then. So I had dealt with it going in and out of there. Although I don't remember smelling the mold as much. It was definitely a musty space. Um, and my mom even said, you know, I think there was black mold in the shower because we had a whole bathroom, like a half bath with a shower and a, a toilet and everything in where the the laundry room was. And then I got reinduced, reintroduced to it again in college. It was in my apartment and I we even cleaned it with bleach, which is a big no, no. You do not clean mold with bleach. But doesn't no that make idea. it that makes it grow more, doesn't it? Yeah. It disperses this it disperses all of the the pores. So you're basically just throwing it back into the <laughs> into the atmosphere. Um and I had like I said, I had no idea. I mean we had masks on and we were cleaning all of that, but then again it I had it in our apartment when we moved back after I graduated from college we had a window that would leak. And so underneath my daughter's bed, I was storing all of my new baby's diapers and things. And it had seeped into the carpet. And there was this big, I mean, I was looking for the diapers. I'm like seven or eight months pregnant, mind you. And I, and I move all these diapers out from under my daughter's bed. And there's this big spot of mold on the carpet and up the wall. And I'm calling our landlord saying we got we got to move this is ridiculous so needless to say eight months pregnant and we're moving back into my parents house scrambling to get everything out of the out of the house I can't even imagine so so in, in your childhood house was anyone else afflicted by the mold that was there you know I think my parents both have some of it I don't they don't seem to have as many issues as I do uh, I don't know if it's because of their genetics or allergies or whatnot. I I do know from what I've learned about vaccines and things that I have gotten that that could have also affected me and made my immune system act differently uh, since we've gotten more than, than they have gotten. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's um, probably a big part of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so when you moved back in with your parents, was it into the same house or were they in a different house at that point? No, we, we had moved, they had moved, um, by the time I was in high school, we had moved to a new house and there was no mold in that house. So it was really a blessing that we were able to move out of our apartment into their house, but I couldn't stay there. So we got our own place after that. And that house didn't have any mold, but because of all of the longevity of the mold probably the buildup right? The buildup that's in your just compounding after it. And yeah, I just can't even imagine. Wow. Yes. All right. So you, so you said 2019 is when this started. So now it's 2023. So, um, talk about like, do you follow a special diet now? Do you have still the enzymes or things that you take with it now? So I have gone through several renditions of different types of supplements and different, um, dieting plans, I would say. I have gone full circle from vegan to vegetarian to eating back meat and dairy. I still don't feel like I'm still dealing with health challenges. Um, and that's been a, that's been 
interesting, but are they related to the mold or just? Yes. So we're back in a house with mold. Oh no. And it's a old hundred year old farmhouse. My parents moved up here. We're now in Tennessee. We were in Florida. We moved to Tennessee. Uh, they moved actually 2020. Yeah. And of 2019, they moved. Uh, up to Tennessee and they let us come on their property and we're living in the house. They're living in their RV and the house was uh, dealing with mold for quite a long time because every time it rains, it puddles underneath the house and there's no vapor barrier. So it was just pulling all the way up through the house. We did try to get that remediated. Um, They spent, they have spent thousands of dollars trying to make the house livable uh, but we can still smell it. Mm-hmm. And so I have a dehumidifier constantly running and whatnot. But um, because of that, I have a lot of supplements that I'm still taking. I take colloidal silver uh, frequently. Uh, we make our own. Um, so it's because it's so expensive. But And what does that do for you? What is, what is that- the... That is another one like zeolite. It pulls those toxins out of your system and helps to detox. Okay. It's not as strong as zeolite and it helps with a myriad of, of issues. There's a lot of people that don't like it and they say, oh, that's hogwash and that's not safe to take and you're putting metals in your body and this, that, and the other. But we have had uh, several <laughs> viruses that were recently very touchy subject and Uh we took colloidal soda and they helped clearing out lungs I know I have lung issues because of all of the mold and that has helped clear it up Um, along with other things I've taken several herbs like mullion and stinging nettle I now take a digestive enzyme every day with my meals when I remember Um, and I'm also taking fenugreek to help with uh, breastfeeding and all those other things. Cause I'm nursing. Sure. Um, I have a bee pollen. Bee pollen is like super nutritious. It's one of the best things you can take. So I, I try to, to keep my regimen on a steady, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And I do know too, you know, you can, your body can get used to taking things. So you do need to take a break. Sure. So yeah, I it builds rotated. up a tolerance. Yeah. Yes. So I have rotated. I'll rotate from dandelion root to milk thistle, even though they're helping somewhat similar items, you know, and then I'll take quercetin and bromelain, but then I'll just take my plant, my plant enzyme instead and rotate those since they're both helping with digestion. That's Um, incredible. You're definitely, uh, you definitely are going through the mess. So talk, talk a little bit about um, how you find your strength to get through the mess. Cause I feel, I feel like it's still ongoing for you. And so there's still things you're it dealing is. with it. So how do you get that strength, that positive mindset to continue to go through the mess? I really have to cling to Jesus. That's my, uh, saving grace, right? Like yeah, I uh, pray a lot and I do surround myself with positive people to keep me uplifted and honestly doing all of the work that I'm doing with our homeschool community and my children, like that is keeping my, my mind busy and off of my problems because I know they're going to be there regardless. Sure. And I went through a really dark time when we first moved to Tennessee, we had no community. 
we were transplants. We had, I had no identity. I lost, you know, who I was. And I, I had never really gone through a winter. It was my first time going through all the different seasons. I'm from Florida. Okay. It's like 95 degrees every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what it is like to have snow on the ground, you know, and it's gray outside. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so it has been, I have gone through the ringer and back. We got COVID too. So that I really had to pray because I, I did not think I was going to make it. My lungs were so bad, but I was not going to go to the hospital. That's for sure. <laughs> so um, prayer time, I would say is really big for me. I, I don't pray as much as I would like to, but I'm always talking to the Lord and asking for guidance and direction. And he always brings me just what I need right when I need it. That's awesome. I love that. All right. So let's kind of circle back a little bit. Um, so leaving your dream job, having to deal with this illness, I know you had sort of mentioned that it was also a calling that you felt to leave the corporate world. And so talk a little bit about what were you called to do and, and how that felt to have to leave your dream job? Yes. Okay. So there's a lot that goes into that. We were also searching a lot in scripture and doing Bible studies very deep. We had found some church history that wasn't strongly talked about in the church that we were going to. And we really felt called to not only learn this truth that was from what the pioneers started when they first initiated this church uh, to <laughs> learning what is happening now. So we call ourselves back to the pioneer time because that calling goes with that. And I was really searching and God spoke to me a lot about several things. He told me that I would be feeding his sheep and that uh, I basically like, you know, he asked Peter to do, you know, go feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Right. And that is what I felt the call to do. And I'm like, Lord, how do I do this? I'm doing design. I'm doing what I love to do. I don't see how these two things fit together. And he really called me out and said, you know, you need to homeschool. You need to stay home with your kids. Homeschool was not on my radar at our, at all when I was going to have my career and my dream job. I was going to have my kids in school like everybody usually does. And no, he said, no, you're, you're being called out. I have a plan for you. I had no idea what that looked like at that point, but I felt that tug on my heart that I needed to do something for him. And I didn't feel like design was that thing. He let me kind of run my life and say, okay, you want to do that? That's fine. You go do your thing and I'll wait for you to stumble and fall. And I did. <laughs> and it was a very bad fall. However, it brought me right back to him. Even though I was religious this whole time and a Christian this whole time, I was definitely doing what I thought I wanted to do instead of what he called me to do. And I have done children's ministries ever since I was a kid. That was something that really brought me joy. But I also felt that calling way back when I was a teenager. Um, so when he said, hey, you're, you're going to stay home, I at first did not want to accept that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it. But as time progressed and I got sicker, 
I didn't see a way that I could keep going in the direction that I wanted to go with being as sick as I was. So definitely acceptance and obedience, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. That's, those are big. And I'm not sure. um, I mean, we, we all strive to be obedient, but I'm not sure. We. I think a lot of times I know me, especially I come up short (laughs) within that area. Yes. And I would say too, you know, he's not calling us to do more than he qualifies us to do. And that's big for me because I always have had a self-worth and a self-confidence issue of, well, I have to go get a license for that. And I have to go get certified. Nobody's going to listen to me. I I don't know what I'm talking about. They're not going to listen because X, Y, and Z, whatever excuse I have. And I mean, none of the apostles had a theology degree and they're out there doing it. That's 100% correct. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Definitely. So then the, um, the obedience part to then do a ministry, talk a little bit about that. So it didn't happen right away. I did tell my boss that, and I cried leaving because it was very hard to leave the job that I wanted so desperately to have that I finally had acquired. It's like I had made the accomplishment and then I had to leave it. And it was almost like leaving my old self behind and being made anew in Christ, even though I had been baptized from when I was, you know, 12 years old. But anyways, um, I told my boss that I was leaving and that we were planning to move to Tennessee and we were planning to do like, I was speaking this into existence before it had even really happened. We had been talking about it and we knew that it was eventually going, that's the direction we wanted to go, but we had no idea that it was literally right around the corner. And so that gives me chills. That's so incredible. Yes. Yes. No, God's God's hand is all over this story. And, um, I didn't even really, (laughs) when we got started doing ministry, I didn't even connect the dots. It just happened. We, uh, were supposed to come up here just to visit my mom. And I was helping her to do a health expo because she does health. Uh, she's a physical therapist and she does health and wellness. And that didn't happen because COVID happened and whatnot. But Later in that year, you know, since everything had been closed, we wanted to get out and do some literature evangelism. We do a lot of books. We have a lot of Christian devotional books and things that we hand out to 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 bring the gospel to the people. And I don't even remember how I got the idea or where it came from to go to a festival and pass out books. I think it was because now that I'm thinking about it, We have a yard sale here in Tennessee. It's a very famous yard sale. It's called the 411 yard sale. And it's like two weeks long of people coming out and they pitch a tent and a yard sale on the road. And it goes all the way from Georgia up into Kentucky. Oh, wow. The whole entire like road. It's it's a very big yard sale. And that at that yard sale, I'm like, oh, yes, let's do the yard sale and we'll have books there. Well, at the yard sale, I think what happened was we found somebody or somebody came and said, oh, you guys should set up because we're having, you know, a festival down the road at such and such a time. And that is how the whole ministry started was just from a connection like that. And I got the idea in my head to think, oh, this is how we can bring the gospel to the people. We go to the festivals and we go to them instead of just, you know, waiting for them to come to church. 
And it really happened very much serendipitous. We would go to a festival and find out about another festival. And I'd be last minute calling the coordinators saying, hey, do you have any spaces open? You know, And they're wanting to know who you are and they're wanting a name and they're wanting all this information. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my, I don't have a name. We're just a family that's passing out books. Like what? So I finally came up with a name. It's called Tender Heart Ministries. I came up with what we're what we have available. We're a family outreach ministry and we're leading tender hearts back to Christ. That's our whole motto, our whole goal. And I, I got a five oh one C three nonprofit account. So we are official. Um and that didn't happen right away, but it just it happened so organically um that I didn't wanna not do it. And Good everybody point. was so thankful and appreciative that we were out preaching. Oh, I can but imagine. But not in a preachy way. <laughs> right. No, I can imagine. And just hearing the dominoes sort of come into place for your timing and just how it all came to be. That's that's fantastic. Yes. All right. So Tender Heart Ministries. And then do they do you have a way if people want to reach out to you that they can contact you? Yes. You can reach out to us at tenderheartgospel at gmail.com. And we are on Facebook. Our handle is Tender Heart Ministry. And we have a, a website that I'm working on, but it's not ready just yet. Okay. All right. On Facebook. Okay. I'll make sure that I post those in our show notes for sure. And uh, I just, I think your story is so incredible. I really do. And I just think um, the way it's all kind of laid out and definitely it has not been easy. You've definitely had, you know, to suffer no. and go through hardships and that's, the the way that you're able to just keep going on and you believe in what you're doing and the things that you need to get done and being obedient like that's a huge huge yes. lesson I, um is it well is there anything else that you wanted to add anything you want to go back to really quick or well i would say our homeschool community really came another serendipitous out of that because although we were going to the festivals and doing all these crafts and free things at the festival, I got it into my head. Well, there's two things. There's two parts. We, again, found another homeschool group. Uh, they joined, they invited us to come, which I really needed some support. And I didn't realize that I needed that support until I had found that. And I was bringing all these people that we were meeting at the festivals to this one homeschool group. And the leader, the group leader was getting uh, full of people. She couldn't have any more people. So she really encouraged me to start my own co-op and my own group. And so out of all of the ministry side, we birthed a homeschool co-op. So now that is really where our ministry is boots on the ground. We still go to the festivals to meet the people and share what we have, but I am going to eventually start teaching people how to start their own homeschool communities because of how it has impacted my life and my child's lives and my husband, my whole family, and all of the families that we have impacted um, has been benefited by this co-op. So I strongly always suggest for those who are just starting out, which I can coach homeschool families as well, starting out because I had nobody. Uh, so I'm very passionate about Me that. Me either. Yes, I definitely the can right, relate to that. <laughs> I can get them on the right track because I knew nothing and we had a very rocky start, um, but also plugging into a homeschool. And if you don't have one in your area, how to start one yourself. I think 
first of all, kudos to, you know, being obedient, doing your ministry, definitely homeschooling. I know just in and of itself, that is a big hurdle to jump into. Um, just find, do you find any time or do you try to make time for yourself and just how, you know, do you try, do you, do you attentively think, okay, I need to de-stress or I need a moment. Like, what are you doing that, that you can take care of you? Absolutely. So I do struggle in that to find time for myself. I am a all the time busy kind of person. I'm a type A person. I will, I will admit to that, but I do take time in the evening and I don't know, scrolling through Facebook is fun for me because I like to reach out to people and I'm actually interactive. I don't just watch what people are doing. I'm in several different groups. I connect with several different businesswomen and podcasters alike to find different things that are interesting to me. And I also take time to read when I can. I'm always learning. That is my thing for me is to learn something new, no matter what it is. I'm always trying to find something that I enjoy. Uh, Right now I'm reading a book about homeschooling and I also have a book about mindset. And then I picked up a book about uh, the United States constitution because you know I didn't really pay attention in government class. So I'm relearning a lot of things that I didn't learn. That's amazing. Definitely. I'm, I'm a, I'm a U.S. history geek, so I can definitely relate to just picking up the constitution. (laughs) It was five blocks at five below. I couldn't leave it there. No, you couldn't. Not at all. That's awesome. All right. So, um, tell me something that kind of is funny that's happened to you through all of this, something that you can share that sort of, you know, I always say, if we can't laugh, through the mess, we're going to be, you know, it's going to hurt because laughter is just one of those things you have to have. So give me something that you can laugh either at yourself about, or just the situation. Yes. So our trip up to Tennessee during COVID, I mean, we moved, we picked up, I was coming up to help my mom, you know, at around that February mark when we, when COVID was just coming out and I was planning to stay to help her and then go back home. Well, we never left. So we came up here in February and then we moved at the end of it all. COVID borders were going to be closing and all the mess. We ended up canceling the expo and I'm driving back to Florida to get a U-Haul and pick up all of our stuff in two days before they were supposedly going to close the state and left my husband there. It was a mess. But on the way back coming up to Tennessee, my mom's driving my Tahoe. I'm driving the 20 foot or was it 20 foot? I think a 20 foot U-Haul with my trailer attached to it, which was like a, a, I think it was a 12 foot or something. I don't know. I think it's six by 12 or something like that. It's a smaller trailer. And I get stuck in the gas station. I mean, I pull up to the gas station because I needed gas. I'm right at the end of Georgia coming into Tennessee. And I somehow pulled in between the post where you have the gas station um, markers separated. So I had to, thankfully, somebody came along because I was so not happy with myself. But we had to unhitch my trailer 
And this guy out of nowhere, they came, they unhitched my trailer for me. I mean, I was, I was super stuffed. I couldn't, I couldn't move forward. Cause I was, I would have rolled over the gas station pump with my trailer and I couldn't move backward because the trailer hitch would touch the, the post that was, you know, there to protect the, the gas station. Pump. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was, I was really pinned in there and it was a really bad, it wasn't a big gas station. It had like two pumps. Oh, it was this little hole in the wall gas station. Thankfully, this guy came. He was able to unhitch it, put it onto his truck. We had to drive around to the Walmart right next by and then back the trailer back up and hitch the trailer back. It was it was crazy, but <laughs> I, I would say I it was my first time driving a U-Haul, too. And then to not just drive the U-Haul, but drive the U-Haul with a U-Haul. Yeah, with <laughs> I mean, the trailer. Yeah. Two trailers on it. So, oh, my goodness. Yes. So, that but was, you were able to laugh and get yes, through it, right? Yes. My husband and my dad were definitely laughing at me. They're <laughs> like, how did you do this? And I didn't get a picture. I should have. It was, it was quite a mess. We were, we were sweating bullets, but it, looking back at it, you know, my kids are laughing at me. So that's a good, it's <laughs> a good thing when your kids can laugh. My kids always laugh at me. <laughs> yes. So, but I think maybe that's a little kind of um, art imitates life in a way, right? We're just all of the yes. back and forth and everything that you've struggled with and had to go through and try this and hope oh, that didn't work back up. Let's try this. Like that kind of, yes. you know, brings it all full circle, right? And just yes. um, having those challenges. So um, I have just absolutely enjoyed having you. You're such an inspiration and you are s- still are going through it. And I think, you know, in a little bit, I'd love to have you back on and kind of talk about where you've come from there, what you're doing, we get into a little more about the mold and the specifics of that. And I, I think other people would like yes. to hear that too. So you've been wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And I hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.